I am thrilled to be back, and I do need to say thank you to the church for carrying on, and, and uh, just everybody doing a great time. Doesn't seem like there's been any kind of let up all summer long, and uh, I do need to thank my dad and Pastor Fred, Pastor John, because I heard they did preach pretty good while I was gone. So uh, I appreciate them preaching and and uh, carrying on the office staff, everybody. It was just it was just a joy. I didn't, I didn't even think about a thing because I knew that God has given us and equipped people that can be here. And it was so good to just be able to um, spend that time with family, been on staff full-time since 1992, and so it was just good to have uh, a time uh, to kind of hit the reset button and just allow God to, to do something in my life and, and I believe do something in our church. And, and so I'm back now, and so this is my first week back, and um, been meeting with a lot of people and a lot of things. It's like taking a drink out of a fire hose. I mean, it's a little intense. It's, it's there, but, um, but uh, it's good. And I have to say this, uh, watch your mail this week because we're going to have a flyer on the fall, but I've never been more excited about a fall season in our church ever. I mean, I am so excited with what God has in store because what I believe is, as pastor and, and shepherd is that God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something amazing in your life. God wants to birth something inside of you. And so we're just excited about what God's going to do this fall. And so we're looking forward to that. And as we kind of bridge the summer to the fall, I was just praying toward the end of the sabbatical. God, what do you want to say to your people? What do you have to say? And there's two words that came back again and again and again and again. So I just want to say this for everybody that's here and everybody that's going to come next week and the week after is this. The word of the Lord to you is be strong. Two words. Be strong. I mean, I, I tried to get away from this message and I'm just like, okay, God, yeah, we'll need to be strong. But just kept going back and again and again and again. When I read the Old Testament was there. When I read the New Testament was there. It's just always there. God's saying, be strong. And so that's going to be our thought as we end the summer and begin get ready for the fall, is be strong. Embrace your inner spiritual superhero. You need to be strong in the Lord because that is a command from Scripture. It's advice from God. It's a command from God. Whatever you want to call it. He says again and again and again, be strong. Even in the most difficult times, when they were facing giants, when they were facing enemies in the Old Testament, he said, I want you to be strong. In the New Testament, he says, I, I want you to be strong against your enemy. Because the Bible does tell us there's an enemy out to get us. There's a world system that we don't fit in too well. And Jesus is very clear with his disciples that this is not going to be easy. That when you follow me, there will be persecutions. When you follow me, there will be a very real enemy that is out to get you. And it's a common struggle. And there's tribulation. These things that come against us in our lives. And, and, and I, I guess I saw that so, I don't know, I want to say beautifully, but I don't know if that's the right word, but it was beautiful in some ways. Is, you know, in, in America, we don't have any um, real religious persecution where we have actual martyrs that died for their faith. And uh, in England, in, in Oxford, when you walk the streets because of you know, being conquered and different things throughout their history, one of the streets in Oxford, you can go down and there'll be a red cross in the middle of the street. That's where someone was killed because they've professed Christ. And there's, there's pictures and, and monuments of martyrs all over. And, and it just was one of those wake-up calls to me as I walked those streets and looked at those monuments. And, and, I, and I realized that there are people 
that, that really did give it all to follow Jesus. And there is an enemy out to destroy us, but even in the most difficult times, Jesus says, be strong. And you may say, I can't be strong. I mean, look at the world that I live in. Look at the economy out there. Look at the news. Just look, Pastor Darrell, I can't be strong. You don't know my life. You don't know my family. You don't know my job. You don't know my situation. I can't be strong. And I understand that. Because if you're going to try to be strong all by yourself, you are inadequate to be strong. You can't be strong all by yourself. You are inadequate, but God is invincible. And you've got to get a hold of that. We may be inadequate, but he's invincible. So when he says, be strong, he's saying, I want you to be strong in me. In Ephesians 6.10 says this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Isn't that good? You don't have to be strong by yourself because you are inadequate to be strong all by yourself. Be strong in the Lord because he is invincible and God has no desire to see you fail or fall short or end in destruction. His plan is for life and that abundant God's desires to see you grow and increase and develop in every area of your life. And I believe that God has something special for us as we move into a fall season. And what God does in our life is so important because what he's doing in our life is something eternal. We've got to get that perspective because a lot of times we pray, God, you've got to come through in this situation or that situation. Or God, can you rescue me here or there? And, and our hope gets up and our hope gets down as I talked about it. And we feel like, God, where are you? He never changes. And he's not interested in doing something immediate in your life. He's interested in doing something eternal in your life. There might be a bigger plan working itself out and God's more interested in loving you and spending eternity with you than he is just taking care of your problems. So we just have to say, God, okay, I'm going to be strong in you because God, you are invincible and you've got the best way for me. Our passage is Ephesians chapter 6 and that's where we're going to spend tonight. So if you want to Turn there. I'm going to begin with verses 10 through 12, and it says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. So you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, you've heard that before. We're going to talk about the armor of God, but I really want you to begin to think about this because we, we know it so much. That's why I have a different translation here. I want you to really think about this because God is saying there is an enemy out to destroy your life. He's an unseen enemy. He's out to destroy your relationships. He's out to destroy the eternal things that God is doing in your life. You have an enemy that is out to destroy you. But he's unseen. A lot of times we think our enemies are the, are the ones that we can see, the people that, that are aggravating us in life. We have these people, or maybe it's a circumstance, or, or maybe we just call it fate, whatever we call it. There's this thing that's just really bothering me, and it's really messing me up, and, and, and we can see it, and we can put a name on it, and we can name it, and we think that's the problem. But that's not the enemy. That's not the enemy. You can't see the enemy of your soul. There is an enemy that is unseen in what we call the spiritual realm. 
And we live in the physical realm, so it's easy to see people in circumstances. So we don't always see the enemy, and yet we have to know that he's real. Just as we are physical beings, we body, but we're also soul and spirit. There's something inside of us that lives forever, that's eternal. There's something more than just this this body that I can touch. There's something more about me, my, but who I am and, and who loves God and will spend eternity with Him. There's something inside of me. There's something inside of you. And, 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 and we have to realize that our battle isn't against something in this world. There's something else. And God says, when you serve me, you can count on the battle, so it's going to happen. But what the devil does, now listen to me here, this is how he uses the, the, the physical realm, is he'll use people in your life, he will use circumstances in your life to disrupt the eternal things that God wants to do in your life. And there's choices that we make when we, when we interact in these physical kind of confrontations, if you will, And we have to realize that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against something that is unseen. And and so the devil's going to do anything he can do to distract you, to derail you along the way. But here's what God says, I want you to be strong. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, because as he says in 1 John, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Look, I'm stronger. Remember, God versus the devil, there's not even a contest. He's God. The devil's just a created little angel. There's no contest. There's no contest. And so God says, be strong in me, stand firm, and you will see victory in your life. And when you've done all the stand, he says, just keep standing. I'm going to win. There's something I saw in Jeremiah 29.11. I shared this with the staff. And just, it just stuck out to me. And, and, and I just thought about it. It's been our verse for about 10 years around here at Christian Life. And it's one that we all know. It says, for, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And I, I love that because that's God's plan. If there was one word of the Lord to us, it's that. He loves us and that he's got a plan and it's good. But I, I just noticed two words. They're underlined up there. He says, I know. God says, I know the plans I have for you. I know. And, and what I have to do is rest in that, you know what? I may not know. I may not know what God's doing. I may say, God, why are you doing this? I don't understand. Why am I fighting this battle? What am I going through? And all I have to rest is that he knows. He knows. And his plan is not to destroy me. His plan gives me a future and a hope And he knows. So I'm going to keep standing. No matter who comes against me, what comes against me, because I know the enemy is trying to derail my life, I'm going to stand and be strong in the Lord. How are we strong in the Lord? It begins in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 6. Therefore, put on every piece, if you want to underline the word every in your Bible, every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, when, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. He's saying, be strong. You are in the battle of your life. Like a soldier. And a soldier that's in that face-to-face, hand-to-hand combat situation. You're in that situation. So God, first of all, told us, the first part, know your enemy. You have to know your enemy. And it's not what you see, it's something more. And it says there, and it depends on your translation, maybe it says schemes of the devil or strategies of the devil. And, and, and I, I like the word schemes because when we were in England, when they used the word schemes, when we say schemes in, in America, it sounds kind of shady, like got a scheme going. And, and in there, scheme just means plan. It's the, the uh, you know, the, I, have a, I have a lesson scheme, they would say, or something like that. And so when, they, when I was scheming today, and you're like, oh, really, that sounds bad. But they weren't. They were just planning. And so what it tells us is that the devil has a plan for your life. Your enemy has a plan for your life. We like to know that God has a plan for our life. Did you know that the enemy has a plan for your life as well? He has a strategy on how he's going to destroy you. And God says, I want you, first of all, to know your enemy. That your enemy is not something you see or someone you see or some circumstance you see. It is something that is unseen. And and so that's the first thing. He says, you have to know your enemy. You have to know his schemes or his traps. And what does the Bible tell us? He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. That's his scheme. You want to know the devil's plan for your life? It's to destroy you. That's it. That's what the enemy wants to do. And so God says, first of all, you have to know your enemy. But then second of all, you have to know your weapons. What do we have to fight the enemy? Because God doesn't say, okay, be strong, and you just go out there. You know, he says, I want you to put on these weapons. Put on the whole armor. And I just want to tell you something. This is very important tonight as you take notes because we're going to get very practical in a moment here. Is that you have to write these things down and just say, they're for me. Okay? They're not just... The whole armor isn't just for pastors or missionaries or maybe people on the front lines, quote-unquote, of the kingdom of God. These are for you. The whole armor is for you. So I want you to write these down and get these a part of your life. These are for your power, for your protection. Later tonight, the, the Bears are going to be playing, and they're not going to go out and play without putting on the, the helmet and the shoulder pads and all of that. They're going to have protection as they go out to play in the battlefield. And so we need the same in our life. And when we have these, we'll be able to uh, have the victory. And so what he does is, Paul says, I want you to be dressed like a Roman soldier. You've got to think about this. When, when Paul's writing back a couple thousand years ago, the Roman soldiers are the most fierce fighting army that's ever walked the face of the earth. They have literally conquered the world. There, there is no one in the, on the earth that isn't afraid of Roman soldiers. He's writing the book of Ephesians. He's coming to the end of that book, and he's writing there. He's under house arrest in Rome. And chances are, as he's writing this, there's a Roman soldier standing in front of him, guarding him as he writes. And as he looks at this fierce soldier from Rome, 
this world-conquering Roman soldier, he likens the equipment that we have in our battle to what that soldier is wearing. And he begins to list out the things that we have. And here's where we get practical tonight. And I want you to be armed with the armor of God, the full armor. Here it is. Take it down in your sermon notes or highlight it in your Bible. But the first one is the belt of truth. And I like how he starts with that, the belt of truth. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. What Jesus says is the truth. What the Word of God says is the truth. What does it say about the devil? The devil is a liar. So whatever the devil tells you is a lie, but whatever Jesus tells you is the truth. And the truth will always prevail. And the very first thing you guard yourself with is the truth. The truth. And sometimes it's hard to hear the truth. Sometimes it's hard to walk in the truth. But the truth is the first thing you put on to to disable the enemy's attack against you. Because the enemy's going to lie to you. He's going to lie to you again and again and again. Maybe it's through somebody else, or maybe it's through a thought that comes through your mind. But you have to put on the belt of truth. First thing, holds up your pants. What it is, the belt of truth. Jesus is the truth. We have to walk in the truth. The next one is the breastplate or the body armor of righteousness. Righteousness. We really don't have righteousness without Jesus Christ. So the first thing we do is we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, forgive our sins, to make us clean, to make us righteous, that we would be clothed with his righteousness, as the Bible tells us. But as we are clothed with his righteousness, then we walk in righteousness. We walk in holiness. We walk in right living. What God says in his word, remember the last thing I preached before I left here is, whatever God says in his word, you just obey it and you'll be fine. That's what we do. When God says it in his word, we obey it. And so that's what we do. We have this breastplate of righteousness, the thing that covers the heart, the thing that protects us, is the forgiveness of what Jesus did on the cross when he, when he died for our sins, and that we would walk and make those right decisions throughout our life. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect, because as soon as you fall, you just, Jesus says, confess your sins. I'll be faithful and just to forgive your sins. He's going to make you righteous. You're not going to make yourself righteous. But I want to tell you, when you are making right decisions, that's a protection of your heart. It's a protection that, that, that comes when we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and we make those right decisions. When we don't walk and keep making those wrong decisions, keep living in pain and keep living in regret, we cover our heart by walking in the righteous forgiveness that we find in Jesus Christ and that right living. The next piece of equipment he gives us is the shoes of peace. That we would share the peace of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Beatitudes tell us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as the children of God. You're recognized as God's child if you bring peace wherever you go. We're at peace with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. We can bring that peace wherever we go. I don't know about you, but are you the kind of person in your relationships, in your life, that that you're the one that brings peace when you come? And Jesus says you need to have that. That will destroy the work of the enemy in your life when you walk with shoes of peace. And there's the shield of faith. He says, hold up that shield of faith to, to get the fiery darts of the arrow. And, and a shield for a Roman soldier was quite, quite large, probably the half size of, of one of our doors here. So if you look at the door, about half of the door would be a Roman shield. And, when, and the outside would be covered 
in leather that would be wet. They were extremely heavy, and they would walk with these. And I don't know if you've ever seen um, like Lord of the Rings or the Chronicles of Narnia movie or, or other movies where they shoot the flaming arrows, and all of a sudden you look up, and it seems like the, the sky is just filled with these flaming arrows. And, and that's what would happen is, is the, the enemy would attack. And so what the Roman soldiers would do with their large shields that were wet, they would put them down and get behind them, and those arrows would go into the shield, and the water from the leather would put out the fiery darts. And so they would be protected, because eventually those, those arrows would stop coming, and once they ran out of arrows, they could get up, fully protected, and go and attack where they were going. And so that, that he says, what I want you to do is I want you to pick up the shield of faith, because you know what's going to happen is the enemy is going to attack you when you least expect it, and he's going to throw a bunch of stuff out of you out at you. Have you ever had that thought just come into your mind? You're like, where did that come from? It's a fiery dart of the enemy. He said, put up that shield of faith. Hide behind it because there's more coming. Or that circumstance. Really, I, I hear people say, well, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, the fiery darts of the enemy are coming. You know what? Put up that shield of faith. Put up that shield of faith. What does it tell us in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and, and 6? And you can read the whole chapter to really get what faith is all about, but he says this, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And then in verse 6, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Listen, God's going to come through. He tells the truth. And so when that thought or that thing comes against you, put up that shield of faith. No, that's not what God says. That's not the truth. And I'm going to follow God. I'm going to believe Him. That shield of faith is so important and it leads to the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, this only works if, if we're in relationship with Jesus Christ. And what I noticed is I was doing a word study this summer on salvation and because I'm, I'm thinking a lot about our discipleship and growing in the Lord. The word salvation comes from the Greek word sozo, which actually talks more about God's healing or transforming power in our life. So it's more than just we're saved from hell, which we are. That's great. I mean, man, if there's nothing else, let's just praise God all night about that. But he wants to do something more in your life. He wants to transform you. He wants to change you. And what do we do? We put on the helmet of salvation for that transformed, renewed mind in God that it protects our, our mind when we say, God, you know what I was before I found you. But God, you can change me. You can renew me. Uh, again, those thoughts that come and the, the lies that come. God, I'm just going to believe what you say and, and put on the helmet of salvation. When you got on that helmet, it's like why fear? You know, you get to see those football players and their head button and everything. You, know, you don't, you don't worry about getting hurt. You're just, you're just, you got the helmet on. And so make sure your helmet's on before you go into battle, guys. Make sure you got the salvation on before you go in. And the final one before we wrap up tonight is the sword of the spirit. Uh, which is the Word of God. And I love that. When I think of the Word of God, I, I, I immediately think of the Bible and, and what God wants to speak to us and reveal to us. And I, when I think of the Bible, I, I always think of Psalm 119. I love that Psalm. I know it's long, but it's definitely worth the read as, as it talks about the Word of the Lord quickening the person that lives by it, reads it, you know, drinks it in, eats it in, that God's quickening power is there. It says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I mean, the word of God 
is powerful. And what I want you to notice, listen to me here, this is the only thing God gives us that is an offensive weapon. Everything else to this point has been defensive. We've been protected from head to toe, from the helmet of salvation to the shoes of peace. We've been protected. But now, he says, to destroy the enemy, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. But what really spoke to me as I was studying this, and I want you to get this tonight, there are two words for the word, Word of God. And maybe you already know this, but one of the words is Logos word, which is the written word. It's the Bible. It's what we have. That's the Logos word of God. And there's the other word, the Rhema word, or the word of the Spirit that is, that is, that is fresh and, and, and just it's, it's spoken almost directly into our life. And you know what the word here is? It's the word Rhema. It's the word of God. It's the fresh word of God of God that is the sword of the Spirit. You know what that tells me is that He's directing me in the battle. He's giving me His Word in the battle. He's telling me what I need to do. He's speaking in my life. And I, I'm not just opening up some, some dry passage of Scripture that I've read a million times, but something is going to leap off that page into my life. There's going to be some word that we sing in worship. There's going to be some prophetic word in our life that just comes in right at the right moment, and it's going to be the sword of the Spirit in our life. And that's what we need to hold on to, that, that that's going to be our weapon. Don't take the enemy on by yourself. Take him on with the Word of the Lord. That's why I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, God, I need to hear from you today. When I come to worship tonight, I need to hear your voice. When pastor's preaching, I just need to hear something from you. God, I need to hear you because I need something for the battle of my life. So I want you to just put your ears in tune with the Spirit because the Spirit wants to give you that offensive weapon against the enemy. And the enemy says, ah, oh, you're all done. No, the word of the Lord is, thus saith the Lord. You know, and, and fill in the blank. Jaron, Heather, you'll never have a baby. I was promised by the prophet of God that I would hold the miracle in my hand. You know, we just got to hold on to that. You know, when the enemy comes in and puts that lie in our head, we just got to say, you know what, the word of the Lord. Now, here's, here's how we kind of close this down tonight and, and, and go to prayer, but... Some of these things are easy for us to do. For some of us, we can hear the word of the Lord like that. We just, we, we're, we're in tune with the Spirit. Maybe there's giftings in our life. There's uh, abilities that we have that we're just in tune with the Lord. And there's others like, I don't know how to hear God's voice. Or, or you may say, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm good at that truth thing. I get the truth thing. But I'm not so good at the righteousness thing. Or, you know, you just look at all of them as they're on the screen. If we could put all of them on the screen and just begin to say, which ones come natural to you? Are you a person that faith is just a natural thing? You just believe God. You have the gift of faith. You believe God for everything all the time and it just never goes down. Or is that something you really struggle with? Which ones come naturally and which ones require effort? And when we pray tonight, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you so that, that God gives you the strength in the areas that you lack, in the areas that aren't natural for you. And so I want you to begin to think about that and say, God, I just, I just need this one. I need truth or righteousness or peace or faith or, or salvation or the Word of the Lord. What did we learn tonight? We're in a battle. 
It's a serious battle, but we can be equipped with the armor of God. That we need to be bold. We need to follow the command of Scripture and be strong. I just want to say something, I don't know why, but it just came to me as, as I was preparing this, and so I don't know who this is for, but I know in the world we live, it's crazy right now. But we cannot let our emotions control us. Because, you know, there's sometimes I just got to turn off the radio because of the bad news. We cannot allow our emotions to control us because if we do, we will be out of control. We can't let that happen. We have to say, you know what, God? You said be strong. I'm going to be strong. And God, we're going to win this battle. And in and, and the last part of the, the whole Scripture here, I, I love what it says here. It says, you know, pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Isn't that great? Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Why? Because that's the only way it's going to be done. We've got to pray in the Spirit boldly and believe. And, and I just, as I close, this is just the verse that came to my mind as I was thinking about it. And there goes my mic, so I'll say it really loud. Because the devil doesn't want you to hear this, but you need to. Zechariah 4.6. What does it say? It's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. Says, as, as the enemy is approaching Israel, he says it's not about how strong you are. It's not by your might. You will win by the Spirit of the Lord. What you're facing right now, when you face the enemy, it's not going to be because of how strong you are. It's going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. So let's hold on to that spirit. Would you stand as we pray tonight and John comes and leads us in worship? But I want to pray with you tonight. Just bow your heads. Close your eyes right now. For the next several weeks, we're going to talk about being strong in the Lord. And I want you to realize that He is invincible. There is nothing that the enemy can do to destroy God and His work in this world. And I can follow God's plan for my life or the enemy's plan for my life. But I need to follow His plan. And I need to be protecting myself with this armor. Advancing with the Word of the Lord. And realizing that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. His power in my life. That's where victory comes from. And I want to pray for you before we just worship the Lord and just allow the Lord to do some work here, but I just have to do this tonight. I just feel like we have to do this in, in these services. The, we've got to have the helmet of salvation in place. And so if you have never received Jesus as your Savior, He died on a cross for your sins. not to hear so I'll use this mic because there might be somebody listening on a CD or on the internet or something I just I want you to hear this that in order to be right with God you either got to be 100% good or 100% forgiven and no one is 100% good but everyone can be 100% forgiven because Jesus died for all sin on the cross and when we surrender to Him and we say, God, we receive. 
we receive what Jesus did for us, then, then we can be made right with the Lord. And so tonight, if you want to be made right with God, if you want to put that helmet of salvation in place, that, that, that precious, important piece of equipment, I, I just want you to pray this prayer after me. And if you just want to kind of renew that helmet of salvation tonight, and just repeat this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. I just want to pray for you now. God, as we worship in the next several moments, you have spoken so clearly through your word that we are to be strong in you. And so, Lord, we realize that we are not strong in ourselves. We are quite inadequate. But, God, you are invincible. And that when we place ourselves in the armor that you tell us about in your word, that we become invincible. And so, God, tonight, as we now just spend a little bit of time in worship and prayer, God, I pray that you just place everything into place and, and, and Lord, that you would just take care of us with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and, and the shoes of peace and the helmet of salvation. And give us your word tonight, Lord, to be the sword of the Spirit. God, we want it all. And so, Lord, we just worship you. and, and uh, God, come in into our weak areas and, and take care of what we need tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.